1: Hello everybody, welcome to our roundtable, this is the last roundtable we're having for the year. You might be listening to the Embodied Podcast with Danielle McGuinness or the Shadow Work Library with Jessica DiPazzi or Finding Honor with Jennifer McMaster, which has yet to be launched, but this might end up there, who knows. So welcome ladies, happy Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. Thanks for taking the reins on this, Jess, and because you're like the best interviewer of all time, truly. So I'm really excited to kind of jam on this. This is a subject that I'm like super interested to kind of pull threads, see where it goes. So thanks. Me too thank you for saying
1: that as well. (laughs) So today we're talking about manifestation. I'm not sure if I had brought that up yet. And simply put, we want to go way beyond the talk yourself into doing something model that doesn't work, that I'm sure we've all tried every year at least, if not multiple times throughout the year. I feel like I want to do this. Pretty sure I want to do it. I'm going to talk myself into doing it. And then we just forget about it or we shame ourselves for not doing it. And then a whole year goes by. So um, just wanted to start off with like new year vibes. I love the new year. I think it gives us this official, globally recognized time to start fresh before patterns begin and um, I think it works, works nicely for us as humans because one of the things unique to being human is that we have this ability to actively and consciously participate in our evolutionary process. Like we are the architects of our evolution and we have spiritual backup too. So being human is just like this amazing gig. And if I could sum up all of this work that we do um, and why I can, I can speak for myself, why I'm passionate, so personally passionate about it um, and about life in general since 2016 when I had my big spiritual awakening I just like woke up finally, um, it's that I realized I can be who I want to be. You can be who you want to be. (laughs) It's that simple, you know? And and to make it complicated and ease any mental minds that are listening and any other over-analyzers out there, it's simply because we live in this reflective universe. The outside world is a reflection of our inner world, right? The totality of what we experience in the outside world matches our inner world and it reflects our current level of being. And I'll get meta here for a second, and I, I know I'm diving into a rabbit hole like way early. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for the support. Uh, you know, it, the bad news of that, it, it means that we are utterly responsible for all of the strife and struggle and conflict that we see in the world. And the good news is that it also means we have the utter responsibility and the ability to deliberately and consciously change it through changing ourselves. So what do you guys think about that? New Year vibes. What comes up?
2: I love it. Love, love, love the new year vibes, Um, especially when you become aware of the vibes that you're working with, especially Mm -hmm. the the energetics, tapping into that global connection because it is globally recognized as this starting point. There's this energetic connection. And for me, it's this revival and the renewal of the sense of hope hope for change, hope for difference, hope for self, hope for people around us, and i believe that hope is where all the goodness, the magic bubbles and brews from.
0: Hmm. Okay, what do i think of new year? Well, i think it's a great kind of kind of i don't i don't know line in the sand or flag that like represents something or symbolizes something like a new beginning right and it's so interesting if we look at the patterns of how we collectively approach new year Mm. I think it is an opportunity to look at those patterns because we start out in the new year with this kind of like regenerated sense of hope and optimism and movement and I'm not talking about physical movement while that may be true as well but just psychic movement like there's movement happening because of this kind of symbolic day one of the of the year and it's interesting to see after 365 days right I think so (laughs) how crusty our life can get and rigid by the end of that time period. And it's interesting because if we start to look at the pattern of our kind of like year span and look at how we've approached those different things, I think that like the opportunity is always there no matter where you're at in one point in time. And so while it is a space of new opportunity, I think it's more so for me a, a space to reflect on the patterns that are happening in the year prior and then kind of allowing just this interaction between what's happening in that that new kind of circle. Um, and then I feel like if we can really reflect on the patterns of the past – we can allow the present moment to be much more alive for a sustained amount of time. And that's devoid of it being good or bad, but just feeling the sense of like you're engaged in life the whole year round. Um, I don't know if that like went on a (laughs) kind of tunnel somewhere else. Um, But I feel like it's, it's almost like it is a time to reflect and I think we get so caught up in being very active at the beginning of the year that we don't have the, we don't have the wisdom of like what type of endurance we truly need. Like that's not sustainable, that like active principle, the whole, for that long. Mm -hmm. So if we can approach it in a way that we can see where we need to like kind of surrender and kind of sit back and reflect and then when we actually need to like kind of move and initiate and engage I don't know that's where I'm at with the new year
1: okay I like that you brought that up yesterday we had a full moon in Gemini and usually we end off the year with the last full moon being in Gemini and what that energy evokes in us is this it's a lot of mental energy it's like the most intelligent sign of the zodiac and it the shadow side of that is it can have us over analyzing and thinking too much and getting really agitated mentally and like a little bit adb um, frantic mm-hmm. mentally um, but the gift of that is that we have this capacity to think about a lot of things and so, right now, and for the next couple of days, where we're going to put this out very soon, if not today, mm-hmm. um, this this energy can have us literally pulling out a piece of paper and looking and doing that audit. Perhaps more void of emotion than we are most of the year, because it's such a mental thing. So this is really great time to do that that audit on patterns that you were talking about. Um, so I'm I'm feeling like we're going to get more into that as we get through the process of manifesting. Um, But if we don't, do you have any thoughts on how one might, uh, both of you, um, one might do that analysis, that look back to see um, clues from the past so that we can bring a more evolved version of us into the future?
2: Go ahead, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My own personal practice is literally doing a lifestyle inventory or audit with questions and prompts about things that might be near the surface for me. So whether that's a pattern of behavior or emotional expressions or reactions with my kids, my family, my partner, my colleagues, things that seem to be a little bit more repetitive in this moment and asking myself in a variety of different ways why do I think that's happening? What's my role in that? What's their role in that? What's my perception of their role in it? Really trying to hold it out in front of me and look at multi-dimensionally and then writing that out and unpacking that. So I get a clear shot of where am i right now so last night when i did my full moon ritual that's what it was it was holding different parts of myself out that like i said have been maybe ruminating and looking at them with compassion kindness love with the sense of wonder and and trying to hold back the judgment of it to really get a sense of it so that i'm grounded in present time, like, who am I right now? How am I interacting with people? How do I perceive people interacting with me? And then from there, I can start asking those questions about, do I want to need to desire change in any of those things? Or can I sit with them and hold them for a little while longer? Um, And start asking those questions, not necessarily with the hope of an answer in the moment, but just start getting my mind working, my body working, my energetics working towards what are some of the possible things I can do with that to move it forward, to hold it more gently, to kick it out, don't need it, release it, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, great. Jen is really, really good at working with the ego and working through those bits and pieces. So she created a free worksheet that we have available on on transformationcollective.org. If you just join the free community, there's a little button right there and you go into the topics section once you're in. You can see that worksheet right there and I go back to that often. What do you have for Dee? Oh
0: God. Like oh, how do I put this into words?
1: Um, it's something that I've been stealing. Always. You can do it through dance if you like. I can create a video version.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, put on your music and come out dancing because some kind of hip hop or reggae dread or something. I love that. A puppet show. um
0: so the question was something akin to how are we doing kind of audits around this new year accurate yeah Mm, yeah
1: yeah how can we look at the patterns from the past to give us the wisdom to bring into the future
0: so i'm just sitting because i'm like trying to put this into words i'm feeling as if for me personally in the way that I approach this stuff, it's less about what I'm doing and more about the way in which I'm seeing things and the way I'm being in the world. So it's really less about what's what I'm doing and more about the way I'm seeing things. Mm-hmm. And so if I look back at my past year, And I look at these different kind of spikes in certain patterns. And my predisposition is to pathologize those and create a bubble of shame around them. The way I'm seeing them is through this kind of moralistic lens as if they're bad. So the audit for me is to try to like diminish the morality and the badness and to just see through it and just connect with like what kind of energetic way of being was around that. Because I I believe that, you know, personally these these archetypal experiences, they're going to be working through us regardless of what we do about it. But it's the way that we see them that matters. I I think. Um Because if we see them as neuroses, symptoms to get rid of, problems, it's probably going to exacerbate the suffering that's attached to that type of energy. Because I think the way that we're actually seeing is a little bit skewed. And so I think for me personally at this moment, really trying to – you know, just reflecting back on the last year, a personal example, right? Like going through this pretty traumatizing experience at the beginning of the year um, in in response to plant medicine and then just feeling very kind of uh, victimized by this energy as opposed to just being in an alchemical process of like becoming like Now looking back that I'm, like, through it, it's, like, the way I was looking at that and the way that I was interacting with that was coming from this place of just being overwhelmed and consumed by the energy around it as opposed to, like, seeing through what this is actually, what this has in store for me. And that's why I kind of look – I like to look at, you know, the transformation process or – the process of evolution, to try to imagine it coming from the end of our life backwards versus this kind of like developmental becoming. Because if we look at it from backwards, we can see perhaps that of course our soul was struggling with that type of energy at that moment because the call that you were asked to be asked to step into like any person would struggle with that. Right. So when you're given these like kind of soul callings, like you're going to struggle. And so if we can look at that, like, um, you know, kind of imagine perhaps that's exactly what we need at that time. I think it just kind of like reinforces this way of seeing in a way of being, as opposed to trying to manipulate our reality, trying to do something different, um, trying to convince ourselves that that isn't supposed to be right now. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. my best attempt at words. For <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a really interesting perspective, and it reminds me of a conversation I had with Dr. Yoko Namura. Uh, for the documentary that we're working on, <clears throat> on post-traumatic growth. And she said that there's basically two, and she's an epigeneticist, so she studies the way that humans can change physiologically. And she said there's two, basically two ways somebody can start this epigenetic process uh, intentionally. You can change the way you feel and think, which will change the way you do. Or you can change the way you do that will change the way you think and feel. And she says there's a lot Mm -hmm. of science around both of these that um, it it just kind of depends on you, you know, how your psyche approaches changing and evolving. So that's why I really love these conversations, because we can have these different perspectives, you know, for and it's not just like, a oh, this is the one way to do it. You like to come from the future back. Uh, Jen was talking about the future forward, you know, and it's a nice holistic perspective.
0: Well, it's interesting because I'm curious from an astrological perspective, right? Like I had a professor um, last week. I wrote a post about this like moon and serpents and all all this stuff. And she's like, do you have a moon association with Pluto? And it was interesting because my moon is like – completely opposite Mm -hmm. of pluto is that like a what's what's it called in astrology an opposition okay um (laughs) and so you know that might be like just differences in like energy right Mm -hmm. so like i feel like perhaps there's something about the way that i am in the world the way that i think the way that i emote the way that i navigate the world that just feels incredibly lunar the more that I get to like understand that and meet that and sometimes it makes me feel like a weirdo or oh. you know no pun intended a lunatic um, oh whoa <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think embracing that you know because perhaps like you know when I was living I <laughs> I say my first half of life. I hope it's not my first half. My first quarter of life. I feel like it was more coming from this kind of solar consciousness of like just trying to like make my way through. And now I feel like I'm like falling into this um, closer to like what it feels actually true to me, which is much more lunar. I know this is getting a little kind of like woo-woo, but – That could be the differences in our perspective too, the -hmm. way that like those energies sit in our birth charts, the way our souls are put into this incarnation, like who knows, right? That's why why I want to have this conversation because whoever's listening might resonate from different sides, right, Mm -hmm. based on their experience.
2: What I'm working with right now is a way to expand my thinking beyond that linear current to future, future to present, and trying to think of other ways that that might happen. My experience on plant medicine was this very multi-dimensional simultaneous thing that's happening. Um, And although it's easy to identify with present forward or future back, um, I think that there's something else there that that we'll we'll unearth as we're meeting with people and we're talking and we're unpacking that. And I think the important thing there that one of the important things you said there Dee was finding what resonates with you and making it your very freaking own. Mm. Take the pieces, take the ideas, take the feelings, the teachings, all of that and make it your own special thing for you. Cause that's really all that matters in the end is Does it matter to you? Does it feel right for you? Yes, no. And not at the expense of you're right, I'm wrong, but okay, thanks for giving me contrast. Thanks for giving me reassurance. Thank you for illuminating something. It's another star in the sky that we can can navigate with. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so what we're basically
1: saying right now is that time and space are a, an illusion. And <laughs> it's like, so what do we do with this information, right?
3: <laughs>
0: um, Happy
1: Sunday, y'all. <laughs> right. uh, so, okay, I want to get into the goals of the soul workshop because I, this is a really good segue. Uh, what I like about this workshop is that it keeps it simple. While we can hold this complexity of like what the F is even real, we can mm-hmm. also be simple. Like that's another weird dilemma of being human. It's like it can be complex and simple at the same time. So with the Goals with Soul system, every year you have a new archetype that's your archetype for the year. And in in general, why I love this system is that I like having one go-to frequency, right? So I can look at my astrology and my astrology is shifting every day. And beyond that, my emotions are shifting every day and shadow work and dream tending and story work wake me up. Uh, wake up dormant parts of myself, and that's all good. I love and need those tools in my life. Um, So I get the dynamics of all of that. But it's nice to say, you know, I'm having an Aries year or a pioneer year. You know, how do I make life more passionate? How do I upgrade with courage? Uh, How do I level up the energy of this year based on this one archetype that I really want to embody? And I can take that concept and then merge it with the energies of each month you know, that we're feeling globally. Um, and so it's a great reminder, uh, and it just keeps me on point where I can get totally sidetracked with this and that, but it just keeps things really simple. Um, it's like the ultimate compatibility test for, for you and your goals, you know, do you want to become this future version of you? Um, because it's up to you to be inspired or not by any particular future vision, you know, and, most people can tolerate almost any present condition um, if they believe that it plays a role in creating the future that they want. You know, like you both have gone through very, very hard things to create this this current or you know previously future version of yourself that's sitting right here, <laughs> right? And it's like, how do you how do you have the determination to get you there? Uh, so I, I like that this single archetype that you can get Um, and we'll go through the process in this workshop on wednesday december 22nd at what time is it at um noon pacific three eastern three eastern okay um so december 22nd 2021 at 12 p.m pacific 3 p.m eastern and it's we'll take you through this whole process so you can find out what this archetype is going to be for you and it's again just this reminder that We can be who we want to be, and it adds a little stability
0: in the roller coaster of the year. Mm. I'm really excited. We did it last year, and it was wonderful. Such a a brilliant um, thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of see where where that sits. Because, you know, I think, like, the archetypal realm, I think, is very overwhelming for Humans, If we're really looking at the true archetypal realm, Um, not just these kind of like static symbols, if we're really looking at this like kind of energetic frequency, this plane of, of, of patterns, whenever we bump into those, that can be super overwhelming. So to have an awareness of how to interact with that, perhaps what to expect around that we're never Mm going to have full certainty but to have a general map or a way to like navigate through that energetic space allows you to maintain your presence here on the human realm and not get swept up into that other kind of spiritual realm where you're not actually participating in the here and now in the human realm because that's we're here so we have to like contribute to here. And so when we get like overwhelmed and consumed, whether it's in, you know, in the gift state or in the shadow state, those both can kind of like sweep us out of the human realm and prevent us from contributing to this incarnation that you're given. So I think it's really important to have an awareness of that so that you can have some tools and some awareness to how to navigate that because that can be – Really um, challenging. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I like to look at the archetypal um, game <laughs> or whatever, uh, playing around with archetypes as. So I'm going to have a, an Aries year, my pioneer year, just as an example. It's a divine union between me and this archetype. And then I was doing a play with words the other day when I couldn't sleep. It's like divine onion instead of divine union. You get you get your onion or your union and then you peel off the paper bits. And you're like, oh, there's the onion. But then, you know, the next couple of months you're, like, starting to peel away. There's, like, more and more. And sometimes you cry. Yeah, it's like and- tears. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's going to taste so good. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um, and I, I don't know the anatomy of an onion t- or anything. But I, I think that, like, once you get into uh, the newer, fresher layers, it becomes less... Um, sulfur-y? I don't know, that might actually be the opposite, but let's pretend that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. The the pains of getting into that onion become less and less. So you can think that you know um, everything about your archetype, but it's, you really sit with it in the reality of here, right? Like, I think it's important to mention or just uh, add on to what you had just said around the work being here in this world. Like we go to the grocery, we do our laundry. That is the perfect time to grow. <laughs> you know, That's the perfect time to show up differently for yourself. Um, it's not when you're necessarily sitting uh, and manifesting. It's like putting the lessons really in play in the real world. That's where you can see massive growth. It's usually happening when we think it's not happening.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Another kind of like personal example is like yesterday, Rick and I went on a walk and usually our walks are (laughs) pretty charged. (laughs) (laughs) They're very potent and full of uh, just big conversations. And, you know, Rick mentioned, he was like, you know, maybe this isn't a conversation that we should be having right now. And I was like, no, this is definitely a conversation we should be having right now. If I'm open to it. You know, like, if I can receive what's coming forward for me right now, this is, this is always the, like, I can't just not have this conversation because it's hard,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, like, it's, I don't know, I just do feel like those moments exist, like, at every single second. Um, Again, coming back to just the way you're seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, anywho.
1: Yes. How about we get into the manifestation process? Because I think that the one thing that was missing from our workshop, I know the thing that was missing from our workshop last year was this conversation mm-hmm. around auditing more or less where we came from. Um, and so let's get into this. It's a five-step process that we're going to be evaluating and um agreeing with and and pulling apart and disagreeing with you know uh, but I find that this generally for me at least was a really helpful step-by-step process in manifestation uh, but we all approach it differently so each of these steps differently so um, I originally got this from my teacher Daniel Raphael and the steps are number one get clear on your dream create crystal clear details so that you can create the conditions for the manifestation to occur Right, So a little footnote there, I just watched um, Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi on Marvel, such a good movie, uh, or not on Marvel, on Disney, it was a Marvel movie, and the old warrior told the one of the characters that hadn't done much with her life, if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Right? So more mm-hmm. on that later. Step two, get clear on your why. So um, you want to stack your whys until there's no wobble, um, there's no ifs. You want to consider how is this going to support the world? How is going to support my relationships? How is it going to support me? Number three, take action from your intuition. This is about taking action right away when you feel like the trust is real in yourself. Obviously, there's a lot in all these steps. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna we're gonna unpack these for sure. Uh, number four is feel gratitude for the present moment, the perfection of the present moment. And for the desires that are coming up for, from our soul that are guiding us. And number five is surrender and let go. Let the universe take care of the outcome without expectations. So remember what I had said earlier about like if you don't aim at something, you'll hit nothing. Well, there's another part to that um, from something else that I'm going to butcher. But it's basically like if you have too narrow of a aim, you'll miss all the other targets. So let's start with number one, Gl- get clear on your dream. What is the dilemma of getting clear in your dream as step one or the pros, you know, wherever you guys want to start.
2: I see it with myself. I see it with clients. I work with friends, family, we're generally not practiced at dreaming and wanting what we truly want for ourselves and not being embarrassed about it or feeling shameful about it we're not used to putting ourselves at the center of that vision process and i think that what people can come up against there is okay so get crystal clear in what i want i'm out of practice or i've never practiced that so it's like i sit down and it's like I'm just going to borrow the weight loss goal from last year or the quit drinking from, you know, sober, dry November, you know? So give yourself some time and space and grace if you're not even sure what that first piece is. You know, I want to be different. I want to feel different. I want to look different. I want to show up different. I want to interact with the world differently. I want to tr- interact with myself differently differently. Whatever that is, giving yourself space to allow what's there to bubble up and brew true for yourself. Um, and don't rush it. Just because the clock strikes midnight on the thirty first and you don't have a crystal clear vision, don't rush it. Allow yourself a little bit more time to really get clear in that. Um, yes, there's sometimes energetically, you know more favorable times to to create that. Uh, But don't put that pressure on yourself. Allow yourself to really, really get clear and feel what it is that you're looking for and what you're wanting to manifest.
0: Mm -hmm. I really like that. So I'm going to piggyback off what what Jen said a little bit. Um, Not many of us are practiced in dreaming. I would say that most of us operate from a position of rationality and linear way of operating in the world and so for me what Jen was saying was opening space for the imaginal ego to have a seat at the table so if we think of the ego as like we have one that's you know pretty practiced in the in the rational realm well what about the irrational what about the things that don't make sense? What about the dreams that seem completely impossible? Um, and I think that it takes a lot of practice, you know, and time to tap into and to feel safe in the imaginal realm, because so many of us have learned that, you know, to operate from a place of fear, um, safety, um, security comfort and so we have to kind of I feel like assess our value systems and see if actually the irrational can sit anywhere in that and say like I'm open to receiving things that don't make sense and um so that that was what I wanted to kind of piggyback off Jen but I do have some questions about
2: (laughs) this step go ahead Jen Just wanted to add on to what you said there. I think values is a beautiful practice to check in with and to, to bring into the journey. And I invite people to take that one more rotation forward into principles. Like what does that value look like in action for you? Um, How does that show up in your life? How do you want it to show up in your life? Because there's also some science and beauty and individualness to that as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, What, Sorry, Dee, before you continue on, I wanted to touch on imaginal and imaginary. I recently interviewed Anderson Todd, who's a Neo-Youngian as well. Mm -hmm. And he just taught me this yesterday. I thought it was a really cool reframe. So he was saying like imaginary is when you can imagine in your mind um, this version of yourself or like you're imagining your different parts of yourself. And he explained that imaginal, working with imaginal vibes is... Like when you picture a kid and he's not imagining a pirate, he literally puts on a cape and he becomes the pirate, right? And I was like, wow, what a really cool way to um, play around with what's happening mentally for you. And the other option of um, working with your imagination, which is embodying it and like role-playing it and how different those two things can be in your body and, and for your soul.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really getting into this space of like trying to respect the imaginal of like at some sometimes, you know, we have this character, whatever that character may be, and it's protesting. It's like, no, i will I will wear the pirate cape right now. You better listen to me. And then it shows up in all these different ways in our outer world, um, frustration, body symptoms, whatever, because we're not listening to that imaginal realm mm. um so i'm just learning to respect that at this point <laughs> um but my question about get crystal clear clarity around what you want so the question i have is even if you have all of the details and the clarity you can't be promised certainty can you
1: of course not. Yeah, I guess that would be step five. It's like, know what you want, and then forget basically what you want. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> and that operates in a space that sometimes universe, divine energy knows better, you know, mm-hmm. like that idea that oh, I really want this. Mm, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to wish, 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 wish. And the universe is like, no. No, that's not for your greater good. That's not for the greater good of everybody. And it's almost better that you didn't get that. Well, I'm thinking about like a really practical
0: example, right? Like I'm going to manifest a relationship with this particular person that obviously doesn't treat me well, that obviously it's not working out, but we're like, okay, I'm so clear that I want to be in a relationship with this person where – I'm thinking at that point, you're trying to become archetypal, capital F, fate. Like you're trying to be fate and trying to manipulate the reality as opposed to manifesting a relationship, while it might not be that particular relationship, but a relationship, right? I think that leaves space for those kind of archetypal, I like to say fate and necessity to weave into that's where I think this becomes co-creative it's not just you in this process it's you and the interaction with the things that are greater than you so if you think that you're controlling this I think you're trying to um push fate out of the way or push necessity out of the way like the necessity capital N necessity might require you to cut ties with that particular person to open up space so that the relationship can be manifested. So I don't know. I think that there's some maybe mental gymnastics in that. But like for me, I think it was really important when I heard that first step. I was like, oh, but what about fate and necessity, the things that we don't like to interact with in the human realm?
2: I think that's where coming back to that – like you really only have a say in you and how you show up and how you come to the table in relationship in the world. So when it's like contingent on a relationship with that specific individual, like there's just too many pieces there that will set you up for expectation and disappointment. And in that situation, maybe it's not so much about a relationship with that specific person, but more of this idea of how do I want to show up in relationship and then that person will receive it or not, and then moving on to the other steps where that surrender comes in and releasing that relationship if they can't co-create that with you. Mm-hmm. a yeah. way like a a way of being rather than a wanting yeah. the thing.
1: I'm okay with the wanting the thing, though, too. You know, I, as I've played around with this, i I think that this step, if we can do it right, it's like setting the parameters for what we really desire and appreciating that we do have desires. So uh, I agree with you, Dee, like wanting that one person is it, that seems dangerous. It just seems like, I don't know, a bad setup. Um, but if we can set the, the parameters around what we want, I do want a relationship, I do want to feel love. Um, and I want to feel it in a way where this person respects what I have to say. They, um, I feel protected around them. You know, you can create your list around the the parameters around this desire. And I think that it sets you up so that you can recognize it when it does come in, in whatever way, you know, step five, surrender and let go. Because life, and this has been a big lesson for, lesson for me this year. Uh, life gives you what you will tolerate. So, if I'm like, I just want a relationship and I haven't set those parameters around it. Well, I'm gonna get all kinds of relationships, but I'm not gonna get that thing that I, I really wanted, you know. Um, even saying that, I had a little pang of, I'm not gonna get what I wanted. Like it sounded bratty, but I Ooh. like this idea of feeling like, no, I can be who I wanna be. I can get what I want to get. If I tolerate anything less than than my desires, I'm already setting myself up for I can't imagine something fantastical for myself
2: Mm. and I think that's the difference the clarifying piece there is the it's not contingent on that person I'm crystal clear in the type of relationship I want how I feel how they contribute to that feeling without it being it has to be with Mm so-and-so or that other so-and-so so So I feel like my (laughs)
0: This might be bleeding into the second one. I'm not sure.
3: I think it has to.
0: I keep wanting to go there too. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead and go there and then I'll just kind of jam on that. Okay. Get clear on your why. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. You said no wobble, right? No Mm. ifs, right? And it's interesting because what you were saying there about, no, I want this, right? And you said you felt a little kind of pang where it's like – well. My curiosity is, I think we operate out of this kind of like monotheistic place where we think it's only one of us. We have thousands, millions of different parts, different images working through us, right? So is that want coming from you or is that want coming from an inner child, right? Like who wants this? Who is, who... Is needing this? Who is desiring this? And it's interesting because James Hillman. I was listening to a lecture from James Hillman, and he was talking about working with the inner child. Um, and he's like, one of the best ways to kind of, um, kind of bring forward the inner child is to speak, to speak forward. It's like, I want this right? Like if you're just in your room and like Mm -hmm. you just say it out loud and just connecting with like, well, I want this, I want to be loved. And then you can connect with like, well, who is saying that? What, who, who is that that like really, really wants this? And then you can connect with these, I think they're most of the time lost or abandoned parts of ourselves because we don't Honor the imaginal, we don't honor the different parts. And so we operate as if it's just me, I, that wants it. And it's interesting because when we don't get what we want, then we see the shadow side of the inner child become a bratty little kid that's like throwing a temper tantrum. But if you actually went and met that part, that figure, and got clear on their why well why why do you want to be loved because no one's loved me ever before my life you only talk to me when it's convenient for you right so it's having this dialogue and this conversation with the part and I think that almost it solidifies the why that's inclusive of the soul and so for me I find that a lot of times working with people I'm like the one that has to advocate for their last parts because they're so interested in like this kind of like linear development forward and what's being asked of them is to kind of stumble back a little bit so that they can confront who who's actually wanting before they can move forward so I think what stacking the why is for me Mm. is first well who is this important to and why is it important to them? Like really kind of like depersonalizing it almost where it's not just you. So that's where I'm at. Oh, I really like that. That feels like a good
1: way to figure out your why. You know, Simon Sinek made the start with why really mm-hmm. popular. And I remember going through that book and being like, yeah, but there's more to this. <laughs> like, It's like step one, get crystal clear and your desires like okay <laughs> what's step one of getting to step one <laughs> so yeah. um as I was contemplating this why situation I came I, I just put a couple sentences together so don't base your why on um this is just for me personally like based on my belief that something is wrong with me and that I need to be and then I need to fix it okay mm-hmm. that's what got me into trouble in high school I remember feeling like I have a hard time making friends. So it's not like my news resolution was to drink more, but like it was to do whatever possible so that I can feel socially accepted. And while I'm very grateful for that experience in my life, it's just not a great strategy for, you know, I don't know, doing things the path of least resistance, I guess. Um, Another one was don't create your whys or your your desires based on avoiding or compensating for my own insecurities or misconceptions. I kind of went into the first one. Um, or even creating some, like setting a goal or a desire that's not significantly different than your present state. So it being too small and not fiery enough, like not inspiring enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the last one, I think the biggest one, um, well, arguably the biggest one is like based on what, we think people want to hear what we've been told is important in life, you know, not based on your own intuition and truth. So if we consider all that stuff and everything that you talked about and likely what Jen's going to talk about next, it's like, what's left? What is,
2: what's left? <laughs> well, I think it's a perfect point to, you might out why your, your crystal clear goal. And that's why you need time, because you might undo a bunch of these, because you find out you've unearthed this old, outdated story or experience or whatever it is. You unpack it and you're like, oh, well, I actually don't need to do anything further about this. I can give love to myself, my inner child. You know, I can invite parts of myself in. Um, And whenever I think about this stuff, I think about interacting with my kids and full negations acknowledged. But why, mommy? But Why? but why? And it's always that like digging and digging and digging and digging down and down and down and down. And it's like, okay, so like really, why am I doing this? Oh, I want to fit into a dress for a wedding. Um, I want to feel better. I want more friends, but why, but why, but why, but why, but why? And then you end up with this sometimes solved or resolved or peaceful place. And sometimes you end up with a, Oh, that's why. That's why I'm going to do this. And the motivation becomes even more intrinsic and beautiful and inspiring and hopeful and powerful because you get to this like, holy shit, this really is just for me. So I can or, feel a certain way of myself.
0: Or love it's it. coming from a place of love, not from a place of dishonesty, right? Yeah. That's what. That's kind of what I'm hearing there is like yeah. when you kind of like the the brilliance about whether it be the external child or the internal child is like that curiosity why 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 do it this way why why not do it that way why is that important well i think when that energy i think is just this kind of innocent love for what is And just this curiosity for what is as opposed to, okay, well, I'm just going to say why at the superficial level and then it's just full of this dishonesty because we don't want to confront the truth of what love is actually um, pushing into this process, which is super uncomfortable. Like when you're in like the capital L, like archetypal love, like shit, son. Mm. Ouch. (laughs) Like yikes. Sca- it, it it hurts the ego um so anywho yeah
2: jen did you want to add on to that i just wanted to add on do you mentioned earlier that that kind of energetic cycle for change and doing and being and observing and you know there's this process and there's this energetic piece to it and as you're transforming. It takes time, and it might take months, it might take years. And when you know your whys, you have this conviction to to inspire and to fuel you through those transformation cycles, because they can be uncomfortable, they can be incredibly disruptive. Um, and when you have, you know, your stack of whys, you can, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing it. It's for me. It's it's for this. It's to heal this. It's to connect with this part of me. Um, and I find for myself personally that's what gets me through those cycles that sometimes you know sometimes they're short and quick and then sometimes they're you know feels a little bit more like it's slogging it out Mm -hmm. but it's worth it in the end because I'm reminding myself from this deeper place of knowing and my why.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah well I think that's another um, interesting thing too where I think that we get caught up in this like I was talking to a client the other day where she had a part come forward that was disguised as curiosity like this this desire to know right but actually what it was was this part that was trying to just kind of squeeze the life out of the other parts that were uncomfortable in the psyche which is really interesting like the gift of it was the curiosity and this desire to know but like knowledge rigidified becomes this, like, kind of just, like, well, that's uncomfortable, so we can't work with that. I don't know. It's just this this process of, like, unfolding this um, really interesting character, and I think that what you were mentioning there is, like, it's interesting when that knowledge is more spontaneous and coming from a place of moving into step three, that deeper knowing um, that is connected to intuition rather than just like mental pursuit of knowledge. Um, so yeah, Jess, step, step three. Tell us yes. about it.
1: <laughs> step three. Well, I did want to add one last thing to that. Um, yeah. I-, I think it's a great practice to out yourself yourself. Um, it's like science. It's like prove that you're wrong. You know, get to that that seed and see if you still want it. I think that's really cool. And then um, just like a, a question popped into my mind. So I'll use a personal example. I have this dream to... Um, <laughs> okay, this is gonna sound weird, but I promise you I want it. <laughs> um, I, I want like a red carpet moment at some time in my life. You know, I want to create something where like I get recognized, you know, I just have this vision for myself. And if I if I when I play the why game, I get down, it's like I want to stand humbly in my authority and being recognized for my excellence. You know, and if I whittle that down, I know exactly where in my childhood that was like compressed or like repressed and I still feel like yeah that's okay you know it's a part of myself that's dormant that I just really want it and I think that there's an element of discomfort there's so much discomfort when it comes to imagining um, this reality happening one day and the discomfort that comes with those micro movements that's going to potentially get me there at some point are sound really exciting you know like these conversations that I'm going to have that I felt really uncomfortable doing um, just because I felt small, but now I'm, I really need to be big right now. And how does that feel? And so I wanted to pass this over to you guys before we get into step three, four, five. Um, there is a bit of myself that feels insufficient, which is why I'm pursuing this goal. Mm. Uh, what, how do you guys feel about that? Because that's also mm. a process of, of evolution in itself.
0: Right. Right. So coming back to what I said about looking at life backwards, right? So perhaps you incarnated into this realm because that moment was going to happen eventually, right? There was going to be a moment in which Jessica has to stand confidently in her authority, right? And in your childhood, perhaps doing this magic show, right? Is that the moment you're talking about?
1: <laughs> Don't talk about my magic show.
0: Just kidding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the well, magic show that went horribly wrong. <laughs> well, perhaps, right? Because you, as a, as a little child, were tapping into like what Hillman calls the acorn of the soul, right? Like what you're destined to do. And that, like you're basically the vessel for a lot of like very deep and soulful energy, right? Passion, enthusiasm, like you're in it. And if certain people around you don't foster that acorn, like the Jessica that can stand confidently in her authority and be her, right? Well then you're going to be convinced that perhaps maybe that's not your acorn Mm -hmm. and you're going to kind of struggle your whole life unfolding when actually you've just been called to a really intense destiny and you struggling through childhood is you confronting that the bigness of your destiny at a really young age and so perhaps maybe you've always known that to be true at a deeper level than you could know why but now it's attached to all kinds of like childhood trauma (laughs) Right? Yeah. And so perhaps that's exactly what you have to move through to eventually stand confidently in your authority and be celebrated for that. I don't know if that made any sense, but like that's looking at it backwards.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jess, for sharing a very personal (laughs) experience example with us. Two things came up for me there was. Um, being prepared that the red carpet moment might not literally be on a red carpet with like the Academy Awards around, right? Like Mm -hmm. it could very much be that, but it could be something else and to be open and prepared for how else that might give you that same feeling and sense of satisfaction and confidence standing in your authority. And the other thing that came up for me there was and I think it's so common I know it is for me too sometimes uh, this idea of feeling a little bit of shame or guilt for wanting the thing yeah like I want the sparkly shiny new object I, I want to have a little bit more money like somehow that's less valuable and less real and less honorable than wanting to be a better person and solve world hunger and like we've, we've got to stop assigning values to things and just accept them like it's my truth I want a sparkly shiny new dress and i also want to be a really good mom and a good human in the world and i want to recycle like we are allowed these things dream big (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that i love that
1: thank you um yeah fate consciousness and destiny consciousness this is something that i learned from remington donovan he's an amazing numerologist uh, that i just had a session with the other day it was very expensive but and totally worth it um, <laughs> <laughs> he basically said I was gonna be rich and famous so I was like oh dude that's my thing that's what I want just kidding <laughs> really though? <laughs> really though maybe um, he was like fate consciousness has you in a victim mentality where it's like you're a, a victim of circumstance you know oh it's fate it's just fate but destiny is a little bit different it's like this proactive creation of your reality and so like uh, it was my destiny to have the magic show that, like, was traumatizing when I was eight um, mm-hmm. to help, like, fire me up. Just be like, no, this is important to me because it won't go away. This this thing about being a magician won't go away. And now that I uh, have refined a bit more around what my values are, it's still there. It's like, oh, this is important. Yeah. Thank you for walking through that example with me, guys.
0: Well, I think you see that sometimes with, like, spiritual bypassing, too. Like if I just kind of give it to the gods, like that. I think that's kind of what I, I'm sensing here with this kind of like fate consciousness. It's it's a it's a passive. I don't know. It's a passive engagement with the gods. It's like whoa, I it's just my fate that like all this happened, as opposed to like this co-creative like engagement. And then I think that's where you you start to go into the the realm of destiny. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and you know, I I have that in in my notes too about like this balance between passive and active faith, and um, I I like to look at it as like psychological faith, um, as in faith in the psyche will give you what it needs to, not what you want it to, and how that contributes to the process of the whole. Mm. Um, so anyway well yeah
1: that's where this stuff gets spiritual it's like if it's for your higher good then it's for the higher good that's why we can't manifest literally everything that pops up into our minds is because and we can through force of will do probably whatever we want you know we can see very successful people on this planet that through force of will um have made a lot of money you know that's not to say that that means success but just based on cultural identifications right now and uh mm. where was i getting with that
0: hmm. well i have something to say about that go ahead if lost It'll your thought. <laughs> um, but if we're if we're operating from sheer force of will mm. right like that's heroic consciousness meaning that i have to conquer anything in the unknown to get what i want and a big part of the depth psychological space is opening up to the death of the hero, the death of the need to conquer anything that's in your way, right? Because then we start to conquer the unconscious and we start to conquer all of the negative emotions associated with our journey. And then we start to – that that shrinks our psychic space to be able to navigate hard things. And so – that works until it doesn't until you bump into the shadowy aspects of that and this is where I think the shadow can be a gift is that it can come forward and like cause the death of the hero where it's like oh well maybe I actually don't have to use my will to conquer this yeah maybe I can be in relationship to this and so I think that there Allowing death to be an inclusive part of this process allows you to – your will to be in right relationship to divine will. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: Yeah. Um, when you use force of will and you bypass all of the stuff that we're talking about, you could still get the thing that you want, but it won't match up – probably won't match up with your inner world, right? Right. Like this is – it reminds me of a Nako um, set of lyrics. It was like – I met a businessman who scrapped his business plan. He said, fuck the man. He returned back to the land. I think Mm. so many successful people get to a point when they wake up and they're like, what is all of this? I have an overabundance of stuff and money. I feel so empty inside, you Mm. know? And that's like not where we want to go because that requires a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted
2: effort. So this balance is like what we're getting at. Which I think is a key point to why we name the workshop goals with Soul was mm-hmm. really getting in touch and finding that harmony of doing and being more in alignment with that essence of yourself, whatever that looks like. Um, and creating your map. Creating, we're on three, right? I just yes. want to check in. Yes. Okay, we're on three. Now we're on three. We're on, creating, three. We're on <laughs> three. Okay, so we've got crystal clear. We've got our why is all nice and stacked. And then we create a map.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How are you bringing that forward in the workshop, Jess? The map um hmm. well
1: the workshop will take us to the work workshop will help us work with the energies that can help us tune into our intuitive momentum and so what daniel Raphael was talking about around the map is um, he has a very specific process for this where you literally write down uh write down days of the week like one two three four all the way to the end of this month or next month, and then you tune into your intuition and then you draw pictures or you write words that come to you. It's like your own intuitive treasure map, and then you can follow those clues and see what happens. Now, that's a really magical way about going about this. It also requires you to be able to tune into your intuition, which is the biggest topic. So how about we start with that? Um, Because that's not something that we're going to be able to touch on in the workshop. Because it's a whole thing on its own. Uh, so, what do you guys have around like creating your map, creating your connection with your intuition so you even know how to create a map?
0: Hmm. Well, I wouldn't consider myself an intuitive expert <laughs> by any means, um, but for me, it seems as if intuition is a response to the present moment engagement with the realm of the imaginal. That's that's kind of how I perceive intuition. It shows up differently with different people, right? Some people mm-hmm. get images, some people get words, voices, right? Some people get feelings, right? So I find that like the digital of of somatic experiencing, the sideband model, so sensation, image, behavior, affect, and meaning, that to me feels like a really kind of interesting way to tap into the present moment of perhaps maybe you're interacting with one of those, right? So maybe it shows up sensationally, right, like a body sensation, Um, maybe it shows up as an Image, which images can have associations with. They're not just things that you see. They're beings. Um, behavior, so you find yourself like being really jittery or you know you feel this impulse to get up and move or something like that. Affect, meaning emotions, right? Certain emotions that are moving through, you get teary. Um or meaning. So that can be like those kind of words or stories or memories that kind of burst through. And so what this creating the map seems to me is is connecting to that present moment experience of what I just laid out and following that and tracking that. That seems like a skill that it, it takes time to develop that because I think what happens is that in trauma, these certain aspects of the SIBAM model of that gestalt get overcoupled. And so perhaps you get an image, but it's overcoupled with a really intense emotion. And so the reason why you might be disconnected from your intuition is because those big intuitive pangs are associated with traumatic experience that have overwhelming emotion. And so it takes some time to like, separate those things out to be with Mm -hmm. the intensity of it Um, that's just what came to mind as you asked that question so it seems like maybe trying to touch into any of those things I think for specific people they're gonna find that that shows up in different ways it was so funny because I've been working with a client she went through Born to Heal but I'm doing some one-on-one work with her now and she came into Born to Heal and was just like really not a spiritual person just like no god like I don't really want to go into the spiritual realm and I was like all right like that's fine right so it's like it's interesting now probably six months into our work and we've been doing some work with the imaginal realm and she's like it's so interesting I'll be sitting in meetings and someone will say something and this like image comes forward and I was like oh I think that's your intuition. I think that's your intuition like coming online and like tapping you into like the different realms, the bridge to the different realms. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting to me how it can be cultivated over time. So that's what I've got.
2: I agree with Danielle. And I think making space to play with it and and explore it. Like maybe you do really come into the visions or maybe it's a little bit more auditory or – Maybe you get those pangs, like those, you know, kind of gut feelings and feedback and then play with them, you know, make decisions based on that. Check in. Okay, I'm going to do this to move this goal forward. And when it's, oh, that actually doesn't feel right. Go, okay, it didn't feel right. I'm going to try this, you know, play with it, have fun with it, get to know yourself, cultivate your own expert sense of self, you know. A great place to do that is in community, so you can bounce things off of people and you can hear what they're doing and how that's working. You get the language, you get a safe container to you know, say, you know, I tried this, I did this, this is what happened, I'm not really sure, you know, interpret it, make sense of it. Um, but I like adding fun to, to most things in life because life can get a whole lot serious really quick and fast and having some fun with it, like really treating it like magic. Like, I am creating this roadmap on my quest to this new place, this new version, this bigger, better, fuller self. I want to have fun on this adventure. And that's not to negate the fact that there's going to be struggles and challenges and upset feelings and all of the things, but don't take it so seriously.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's interesting because one of the most – fun things for me as a practitioner and working with people is you know the theater metaphor that we did on Instagram live I'll be taking people through that and be like I don't know where this is coming from like <laughs> that just comes forward and though that to me is like the most kind of fun and playful thing it can get can give you that what do you call it just the existential willies real fast mm-hmm. um but like you know where does this come from? Like, oh god, yeah. Um, that to me feels like the most creative and fun thing ever is to to play with that, mm-hmm. and it's like in that I think I'm not meaning to segue this, but but I think that that comes into the gratitude space of like, wow, this is super cool that like this is possible in this human realm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, Jen, to your point
1: about things being really serious, we get caught up in routine. That's a very efficient way of getting through life as routines. And mm-hmm. there's a, I don't know if it's kabbalistic or hermetic, um, magical lesson, or practice that's when you're stuck or, or you're just feeling like something needs to happen. Do the opposite of what you would normally do. It's really simple like if you drive to work a certain way drive a different way and i think that that's where this magical map can come into play so you have this symbol of a a rock in your map and you don't know why you drew it there on the 5th of december you're like okay so i'm in my house right now how can i be inspired by this rock and it may be proactive all like, right oh, maybe i need to go outside to find it it might be that you look at a crystal that you have in your office And you're like, oh, that symbolizes love. How can I – there's something about love that needs to happen today. And it can really open up our minds in ways that we wouldn't have noticed that or we wouldn't have gone outside if we didn't have that on our map. So I love the map. I've done it maybe three or four months now, and I find that it's uncanny. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also practiced tuning into my intuition for a while now, so I can see where there might be some – Some crunchiness around this process. Uh, But just as an example, I went to my um, gynecologist and she was like, get, so I have a really short menstrual cycle, it's like 21 days, and we're trying to figure out why I'm not able to get pregnant. So she's like, go get your labs done on, you know, day seven or something of your uh, whatever. So I wrote down my map um, like a couple days prior and I noticed I had like a little baby symbol on day nine. I was like, okay, I know she told me to go on day seven. I'm just going to go on day nine. And and it comes to find out my levels were peaked on day nine. So I was like, oh, that's so cool that I have this ability to tap into my body around something I don't even know. I don't know how it works, but I just thought that was pretty neat. Um, Mm -hmm. Just on another practical level, one of the ways that I like to manifest when we get to the creating a map portion, but also including my intuition, is I find out how other people have done it so I can create this box to work within. And then I start to slowly break out of that box based on things that feel right, don't feel right, um, to make it more unique to myself.
3: You guys do that too?
2: Yeah. There's two questions I'll ask myself for my clients is like, what would so-and-so do? You know, somebody that you might admire, look up to respect who might have those qualities or perceived qualities that you're, you're looking for doing the thing, you know, like what would Jesus do? What would Madonna do? What would... (laughs) what would Jess do in this situation? How would D approach this? And, you know, you might get some really fun clues on ways to do it differently than than you are. And it moves you more in that direction. Um, I know you and Rick did a ton of stuff on what would Jesus do. So.
0: No, I'm just laughing because you said, what would Jess do? What would Jesus do? And I'm like, the only difference between Jess and Jesus is you. Oh my God. <laughs> whoa that's amazing put that together so quickly that's good <laughs> that's so cool I just thought it was hilarious oh <laughs> was like, it was super funny oh,
2: wow. um I'm putting well, that how would fridge. I do it then really <laughs> <laughs> um if I had a magic wand is the other one if I had a magic wand what would what would what would I wish for how would that look how would it feel how would it all transform if I could just make that happen and get there super quick. What would it be like? What what would that end result look like and be? And then work backwards from that.
0: Well, what you're talking about, um, what we've actually been talking about this whole time, but um, Jess, you were talking about some like hermetic type of energy or way to navigate it. Um, it's, it's interesting. Magic. When, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this map to me feels like it's a combination of in archetypal psychology the the Cenex, the the wise old man and the puer which is the boy and that's actually what my like first lecture in transformation collective is on is on the peaks and valleys of navigating order and chaos right cuz like the wise old man can give order if the order is too rigid it becomes crusty and now it becomes this kind of like dom- dominating yuck energy um and then so when you have this kind of like map with the energy of the eternal boy who can kind of like that hermetic the mercurial type of flexibility to like move through the map to see the magic in the map itself I think that balance between the order and then the chaotic kind of energy that's moving through it is super um, interesting and important because it's not just about about having the order through the map
3: mm-hmm. it's
0: about maintaining flexibility about the way that you see it right so yes. you know you interacting with it in a way that's like well she said day seven but like maybe day nine right? Mm -hmm. Just that flexibility to see through it and see the magic in it and to be able to navigate the order. So anywho, I thought that 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 was pretty interesting how the map can be a both and. It doesn't have to be like this rigid. I don't think when you're working with intuition that that rigid energy helps anything.
1: No, I would say the only thing rigid about intuition is just listen. That's the mm-hmm. only rule is just listen, mm-hmm. and you can choose to act or not act, but listen is like a good starting point. Yeah. Um, okay. Step four, feeling gratitude for the present moment and for desires that come up from our soul that are guiding us. Why is it important to feel gratitude for the present moment? Mm.
2: It's the only one we're guaranteed. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. that's very true we are where we are in this moment and if we can love and accept and understand and be tolerant of that is there anything more really Hmm. he's like yes yes there is (laughs) no well I, i think it's that
0: and i think it's that and i think it's if we are able to have gratitude for the present moment It's advocating and celebrating what is, even if you don't like it, even if it affects the like kind of the rigid rational ego that's like, fuck this. If you can have a space of gratitude for the present moment, you can see through all of the, maybe there are like kind of lost and broken parts that are showing up in the present moment and um That's where I think that like our symptoms and our neuroses can be a divine gift because that's what's presented to it. That's the material that we have to work with. That's what we have to engage with. So it is kind of all that we have. And so if we don't have gratitude for what is, we want to escape what is, there's going to be some residual kind of energy around that. feel like Mm -hmm. so just because you're grateful doesn't mean that like you can't also feel sad like you can feel gratitude and frustrated gratitude and sadness gratitude and grief like it's not just this like exclusive experience um so yeah
1: Mm -hmm. what comes up for me is that that phrase your vibe attracts your tribe you know, we started this all off by talking about how our frequency will attract to us the lessons and the gifts that we need and potentially desire. And so I think that this perf- um, raising your vibe to have gratitude for your present moment. And again, to echo you, it's like you don't have to tolerate the the present moment as this is the way it's going to be forever, but mm-hmm. gratitude for this step in the process um it's all around like the secret kind of thing. What was that um, attraction? What, what's the? I've never for engaged it? with the, se- the secret, um, like the book, the law of attraction. Yeah, oh, okay. It's like okay. yeah, one one of the steps in the law of attraction is like if you vibrate high, you will attract things that are higher. So I mean, I feel like that could be a whole nother episode, but so oh, I'm totally. just going to leave it at that because it's like. <laughs> You know, what the hell does that mean? But I do find <laughs> just like qualitatively, I do find that when I can raise myself up in some of those instances where I'm feeling poopy, but like, just, I just don't need to, like, I can just make a choice right now to take a breath and not try to overanalyze and over process. Good things happen.
0: Without putting a value judgment on the low vibration, yeah. Yeah. right? So like, you're not operating again from that heroic conquering of the lower vibration you're just choosing the higher without saying that the lower is bad Mm -hmm. because then i think that creates a split in the psychic space um yeah yeah i have this thing
1: that i say to myself not today satan and like if it's still there i'm like okay today let's deal with it (laughs) 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 That.
0: <laughs> <I love that. laughs> um, yeah. if it's still there it's like i'm gonna confront the devil today <laughs> <laughs> yeah Basically, okay today I'll, I'll clear my schedule
1: um so <laughs> we've already touched on why it's also important to feel gratitude for the desires that do come out without judgment so i don't think we need to go there necessarily so let's go into surrender and let go another interesting step into the cosmic energies of what's going on
0: Hmm. yeah I feel like we've kind of thrown threads out in this direction throughout the podcast um but the thing that that came up for me the most is like letting go of attachments of the specifics and the expectations for it to look the way you want it to um But being in this kind of – instead of this kind of demanding energy uh, in relationship to this process, um, really operating from a place of co-creative where you have this like flexible relational energy that's um, working with what is as opposed to – demanding that it be different expecting that it be different um because that I think that opens up a whole can of worms of just adding junk into of course if the junk comes in that's supposed to be there but like I think it adds a lot of you said earlier just the path of least resistance I think it adds a lot of like kind of muck and resistance along the way um but then also I think that Grief is another part of this, of, of grieving the fantasy of what you thought was supposed to be. I think a lot of people get stuck in that space where they don't have the capacity to grieve. And so I think it, it kind of like blocks the process. And so when we can open up to the space of perhaps we can grieve this and let it go, it opens up more space. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Those are just what came to mind for me.
2: I love the idea of surrender and letting go. I think that some people confuse that with setting it and forgetting it. Like This is an active engagement ongoing in a gentle, kind way. And like Dee said, it's a co-creation. You have to engage with the energy of manifesting. You have to engage with the magic, if you will, Um and that's not forcing, meddling, manipulating, that is surrendering and allowing for what comes up to come up, for the pivots, the changes, and the, the releasing of expectations so that it can take shape in perhaps an even greater way than you had originally ima- imagined. And that's a, perhaps a faith in that divine co-creation and that relationship you have with others human divine nature Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i'm so glad that you brought that
1: up because forgetting is something that also felt like it fell into this as a shadow aspect of surrender and let go with life it could be easy to forget what we really want and we just get stuck in well this is what i have to do because you know the world wouldn't turn if i didn't do the dishes tonight you know and all that stuff um there's a level of self-awareness and reminders that need to be integrated into this process. So perhaps reminders around your parameters um, as just like some north star to keep your one of your eyes on or your, or your finger on pointed to throughout the year and beyond. Um, but then this level of self-awareness that recognizes the clues and that things that are actively happening every day that are bringing that North Star closer and closer to you in a way that you never could have imagined it. Because that's the reality of this. What we want is usually very different from what we get. It's usually better. Timings are weirder. You know, it's not when we thought we'd get it, it's better. And so if we can hold both of those things, like the parameters, like I'm not going to tolerate um, the thing that I've been tolerating that I've grown out of um, while also having this awareness of like, what am I actively receiving right now that's getting us closer to that? And one of the tools is um, if your self-awareness game is a little bit iffy, which like it is for lots of people, um, especially when you're vibing low and you're a little bit overwhelmed, it's having that community, somebody that can hear your story and be like, oh, but that and that and that, like you're actually getting closer or that's actually a challenge that's a- actively giving you the skills to get closer to that.
2: And celebrating along the way the little, the little or big, or seemingly sometimes mundane things that we are getting, that we are opening our eyes to. Like celebrating the magic along the way. And culturally socially we're not taught to do that very much you know it might be boastful it might you know but we have to share our wins otherwise we're just focused on maybe the lack or the loss and that just puts our mind in that space whereas we if we can come to a community and we can say like hey this awesome thing just happened I created this I did this I was part of this you know we can start celebrating and building that focus and that narrative and that part of our identities more and Imagine what we can do together with that momentum and that energetics. I just
1: think mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is phenomenal. Um, and Dee, before you go on to close us out with this, one of the things that we're going to be doing in the workshop is finding that archetype for the year, and that can be one of those North Stars, where it's like it's an archetype. It's malleable, it's plastic, but it's still rooted in in some truth and something that you can grasp onto. Um, so it's just one of these amazing tools that can help us uh, walk proudly on this path that we don't really know where it's going, but we know it's going to be someplace cool when we get there. Mm. Love that. How would you like me to close this up? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pace, mic drop. <laughs> I, I usually you have something profound to say, so
0: <laughs> no pressure. Okay, <laughs> Wednesday,
2: three o'clock Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> well, it's
0: interesting because I'm like, I'm like caught up on something like probably that was said like five minutes ago, and I'm just like crock potting in that. Like I'm just like sitting in that. <laughs> um, I mean, do
1: you want to go there? we can we can close out with something that happened in the middle
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it it was like it was in this kind of interacting with the surrendering process about i think knowing the polarity of the edges of what that process can look like and kind of seeing where you're at in that where we can get in this very inflated type of um energy where we've become over identified with the archetype and now we think that we're the sole creator of of everything and everything's driven by our will and um it's kind of like what I was saying like that heroic consciousness without a a self-awareness it feels like very inflated Mm -hmm. or on the flip side of that we can get into this very deflated kind of like no engagement at all so it's almost like a power over the process and then a powerlessness within the process. And I think that perhaps having this this workshop will help individuals become in right relationship to that middle way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I was at. Because yeah. Because I was like, man, there's such a tendency. I think because our culture is such a – feels like repressive culture. They like repress all of the deflation, like how kind of shitty some of the things we've actually done throughout our culture is. And we like inflate ourselves to be like this kind of like free heroic thing. I think that like we have a tendency to inflate to match the inflation of our culture, the heroics of our culture. And so, but there's also a lot of people that operate from this, like, really deflated state because they've been powered over by people who have been in the inflated state, whether that be family members, community members, religious experiences, what have you. And it just feels like you're just, like, in this kind of frozen, like, stuckness. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I I think that this workshop will be great because then you can be in a community of people who are at least trying to the best of our ability to be flexible without being either or attached to either. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was at. Yeah. I mean, there, there really is a knife's edge there. You know,
1: you're walking mm-hmm. a very fine line and it's, it's not like you fall into the abyss if you go on one side or the other, like that's the game, right? It's putting right. your toe in both areas and then wobbling along that knife's edge. Uh, beyond the workshop, the transformation collective as the, yearly retreat um, Mm -hmm. month to month we're going to be learning all about working with those different energies and how to walk humbly on that knife's edge um, with different types of of vibes coming at you so like the really masculine way we start off the new year in that Capricorn energy like let's work with that and let's also feel triggered by that in certain ways and and walk through it Mm -hmm. and then once we get through that we get into a very feminine um, time of of self-expression and individuation. Like, let's get triggered by that. Let's enjoy that. Some people are going to be really good at it. Some people are going to be like, oh, God, this is, this is the month where I'm feeling weird. Um, so, yeah, but we can get into that at a different time. So we will see you guys at the workshop. I, it's just a couple days' notice, but I realize with these things, too much notice doesn't really help in the way that people plan. So uh, this is yeah. going to be, again, Wednesday, December 22nd at 1 p.m. Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be two hours. And bring a pen and uh, be ready to print out some worksheets. And if you don't have a printer, that's fine. Uh, we're going to be walking through all of this stuff anyway. So just a piece of paper.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Jess, for kind of being the moderator and the, the one that was kind of steering the ship here. But it was super fun to kind of Again, pull at the threads and just chat about this, this topic that I like. Kind of get this, like whenever I hear the word manifestation, this this could totally be my shit too. But I get this kind of like, e. it's always <laughs> our shit. I'm like, <laughs> eh. but I think I think it is something akin to. I feel like what my role is now, and it feels like. I, it's hard to put into words but it feels like my role is to help be an advocate for this kind of imaginal realm and sometimes when we get into these kind of like manifestation or mantra places, I feel like we're splitting and we're like just cutting off the the parts that don't feel good or the parts that feel gritty and I feel like my job is to advocate for whatever is showing up and allow that to be inclusive in your manifestation process because then it's going to come from, I feel like a more, um, I don't know, whole place, if that's even a thing.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. There needs to be an amount of decoding and disintegration of what we were a minute Mm -hmm. ago to recode the version of ourselves that we're going to be two minutes from now. Mm -hmm. So that really is a portion of manifestation that I think is, not talked about enough because it's boring <laughs> uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's like yeah boring is not the right word it's like it's it's like but I want to go I want to go there forget all that stuff and that's why the talk yourself into into it model just doesn't work it can be exciting but um yeah the decoding process is really important too
0: Well, I think you saying it's boring, I think that's really interesting because like being a mundane human is boring, Mm -hmm. right? Working in the archetypal realm, that's exciting. Yeah. Working in the realm of spirit, yeah. But like also, like we said in the podcast, don't forget you're here. And Mm -hmm. to be able to navigate the mundanes and the borings and kind of color that with that energy but realize that like you're not living in that realm you're interacting with that realm it's not as separate as we think yeah right but like to to put our feet on the ground here and to kind of color our world with spots of that I think that's my intention anyway in this process so
1: love it Um, Yes, Jen any last words before we hop off
2: I like that you ended with your intention in this space. Because this is the last little bit, I was thinking about my intention for the workshop, for for the collective, and one thing that I'm personally working with is is harmony instead of balance. And it was Rick and I who had a chat about this. That's really just kind of catapulted my thinking in it and my perspective on that is it doesn't have to be, you know, when you're walking that knife's edge, it doesn't have to be avoid this, avoid that, and find this perfect little edge. It sometimes is dipping and ebbing and flowing and having a community of different facilitators, different community members can help you, you know, pop you up and and support you while you're you're ebbing and flowing in this in a safe space. Um, And then to have that roadmap, as you're, you're navigating your particular cosmic year, uh, knife's edge is, is, is helpful. Mm. And it does keep you here in the earthly and that balance between doing energy and being energy and being divine and spiritual and of earth and underworld.
0: Mm. I love it. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited for this. Me too. Yeah, just like the interaction that we've had thus far with the people in the Transformation Collective and the Free Community. Um, just the things that people have shared so openly. Um, and you know, the interaction, like I've found immense joy and, you know, just kind of peppering some like not giving people like any type of solutions or like fixing, but like, oh, here's a piece of art that I thought was interesting that you know, reminds me of what you're talking about and just to hear the kind of like back and forth where it's not, it's not this like community where it's based in like something wrong with you. It's really just exploring what is and that's what I find the most exciting. It's like such a profound shift in the way that I've been operating and it feels so in alignment with at least my soul. So I'm super excited, guys. Yay. Yay. Jess? Yes. <laughs> well,
1: I'll just leave it with, um, if you leave this with anything, just remember it's great to be who you are, it's okay to be who you are, and you can be whoever you want to be. Like Both of those things are true. And so whether you are going to join us for this uh, workshop, whether it's past and you've missed it, um, whether you join the collective or not just remember that and that will take you very far it's it's great to be who i am and i can be whoever i want to be all right team thank you so much for this amazing round table and for everybody listening we'll see you in the collective and at the workshop
3: Find you